20, I'm in case emergency. Ain't no cap in my rock. Really, I know it's the truck. More profit mean extra. Emma White out full of pressure. That cereal milk smoking right. But that Obama right, so special. Kansas City, I'm a chief. Shout out to K5 on this one. Country thinking I was hushing. I always had it on me. Booming like OJ the Juice. Till a nigga told on me. Run down this relentless. Ain't no love, we ain't friendly. If she want me on him. No the law, she get the business. No the law, still the model. Empire. Hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Birds of Feather Podcast with your boy Q City. Your boy Taj Bravado. And this is episode 32, Riding with Ritter. Your boy showed out this week. So we about to look at last week versus the Texans. Look at next week versus the Commanders. Check out what's going on in Indivision. Look and see how we did last week on Give Me Props. And there's some city talk at the end. So come along with us. Enjoy this ride. This week, 21-19 win versus the Texans. It came down to the right foot of coup at the last minute at the end of the gun, but we pulled it out. And uh, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I I liked what I saw from the offense this week. This is an offense I can get behind. But, you know, tell me what you thought about the game, bro. So, um, kudos to the defense once again for being a – Top 10, borderline elite defense. We are one player away from this defense being truly elite. But I agree. The, the, the star of Sunday was the critically acclaimed Desmond Ritter. <laughs> the man put on a show. He was decisive, um, clean, in rhythm. Everything that you could really want from like if 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 he can give us this weekend a week out, then I have no issues with Ritter whatsoever. Now, uh, twenty eight for thirty seven, three twenty nine, two total touchdowns. Um, you know, I've always said big proponent of you throw a clean game, you have multiple touchdowns and over three hundred yards of total offense. It's hard to be beat. It's hard to be beating yeah. those type of games, and, uh, and it's, it's it's funny because you we, we have literally just covered out the last pod that he he said I got some I got some for you Q. Yeah, no, nah, for <laughs> real, for real. He literally gave the stat line that I was looking for, man. Like over three hundred yards of total offense, two touch uh, multiple touchdowns. I don't, I don't care how you get them, right? Yeah, hey, so hey, like, Ritter, we know you're listening, Ritter. We know you're listening. Yeah, you you feel me? Like I got one fan in the building, you know. But um, I, and I don't. I'm not a big proponent on like how you get to touchdowns right yeah. so like you know a layup in a long two is still two you know what i'm saying so like if you rush in if you pass in the six is six like right. so um you know you look at his passing stats you see one touchdown but he was responsible for two total touchdowns on the day so you know i i gotta get a man props you know what i'm saying played a played a really clean game hit, hit alone because uh we'll we'll get to the fumble aspect later but I was I was pretty I was pretty surprised. I was pretty surprised by the game he was able to put together. Uh I feel like we're gonna spend a lot of time on the offense. So we can cover the other three, we can cover the other two phases. Um the game winning kick. Ku was a little shaky earlier in the year. 
Uh, and then I kind of felt like at the point where we went for two, it mathematically made sense. But I felt like a little bit of it was, uh, I don't know if we're going to play for a tie if it comes down to cool what it's going to look like. But they have faith in them. Late in the game, came through, all pro kicker. And uh, I really felt like the special teams was was on point today. The NFL, with the rule change, is basically taking the kick return out of the game, but Cordero was still able to get two in. And then uh, we still don't have we still don't have a punt return game. Uh, our punt coverage is pretty good, but we don't have any returner of note back there. But o- overall, I give the special teams a, a, a solid B plus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bordering on A because they were responsible for the game winning kick. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah, so yeah, we we could have got rid of a couple of them fumbles. Things would have been uh, a lot better, but I mean, and the game would have been as close. The game that would have not been as close if we didn't fumble some of those. But um, I'm glad to see that Ritter is finding rhythm with uh, Pitts and London in the same game. And that's big. That is big, right? Because like it's usually this this pick this either or type thing where London gets eight targets and Pitts gets two or Pitts gets seven targets and London gets three. You right. know what I'm saying? So uh, it's nice to see it being fairly even. So all all the way through, and I felt like you know that last drive maybe kind of skewed it a bit because London did get three targets and three catches on that last drive, but yeah, yeah. but. Prior to that point, he had five targets, three catches, and I think he was at like 30-something yards or 40-something yards before that last drive. So, mm. you know, I feel, I feel like you still – not a great day, especially in terms of how much he was passing the ball, but I, I felt like, like you said, he was targeting both of them. Uh, he had 28 completions. 13 of them were between – Pitts and London. Yeah. Now, and that, that's what you want. That's that's what you want. That's what you want. Now, six of them came went to Johnny, and I'm really trying to figure out why he is so featured in the offense. Like it is, it's not frustrating, but it's just kind of like head scratching because like you can get a tight end involved. You know what I'm saying? You have a tight end who is much more of a dynamic threat. It just seems like. Not wasted touches, but just unnecessary touches. Pitts had one more reception and 20 more yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just – and didn't have a very critical fumble. Um, our defense, man, this this defense is, is – this is this is five weeks in. This is five weeks in. This ain't a fluke. This defense is legit. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Um, definitely legit. And I felt like I felt like they bailed us out this game multiple times, oh, yeah. right? So you held them to four field goals before they ever scored a touchdown. One, one thing I will say on that touchdown, man, it's something I noticed on film, right? I noticed on film, but I thought I was tripping. I thought I was tripping, bro. When Jesse Bates doesn't respect a quarterback, he cheats. He cheats heavy, bro. And he got he got bit on that Schultz play because he took the under route. He took the under route, 
because he thought he thought Schultz was gonna come across his face, and Schultz just like made one step in and then went straight up field. That was just Wider. a great. That was just a great route. I, I, I'm I'm gonna attribute that to that just being a great route. No, but you remember later in the game when he went for the pick that hit him in the hands, he undercut the route. But like he's looking well, at he's sitting on routes and he wants to make the big play. Well, in that particular one, if you watch it back, him and AJ were communicating because AJ passed him straight off to him. Are you talking about the miss pick or or the yeah, short miss pick? The miss pick. Yeah. The other one he was that was just he got he got he got caught. He 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 got caught he got he got caught with his hands in the cookie jar that time. And I don't think that makes him any less of a great player. In fact, I think no. that's what attributes to him being a great player. But it's just it, it came at such a crucial point in the game. And like make make him make Stroud make a perfect throw. Right? Make Stroud's make Stroud make a perfect throw. Like, that was kind of like one of those layup throws, and the defense was bearing down on him at that point. But you, you with stepping down, expecting a crossing route, like, kind of just made like a layup throw. If you would have followed Schultz, he'd have had to layer that ball over you. Not saying he couldn't make the throw, because, I mean, hey, you keep it a bean. Stroud was hot all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, he couldn't finish drives. Yeah, he couldn't finish them, but, like, Yo, that kid can that kid can ball, um, but it's just you know make make him make him make a more difficult pass in that situation. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, but but you know you're we're mincing mincing words here and nitpicking. That defense was phenomenal today. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, you allowed yeah, 19. Points. Yeah. yeah, you allowed 19 points, but like that to me was a. That, that was a hell of a defensive game. Um, and in and, and crucial stops when necessary. And you know, being a Falcons fan, we have had multiple situation, situations where all we're thinking is, yo, this, Matt Dunn found his groove. Just get him the ball back. And what happens? A team is able to put together a good drive, run together a, a good bit of first downs, and then kick a field goal to put the game out of reach. You know what I'm saying? Like, We've run into that consistently. Like, not this time. Like, that defense was able to get off the field um, when when it was necessary, uh, kept the game close, kept them out the end zone for the most part. That was, that was a hella defensive game. And that's crazy because, like, no sacks and no picks. Yeah, and only no two sacks, tackles no for loss. Yep. <laughs> now, they, now, I would love – to get this this passing attack and get the run game with it, because boy, you getting both together is I don't know how you defend this. Now, now that's the thing, man. When I looked at it, so when I was watching the game, it made me think of your commentary for the past two weeks, right? Um, with the Lions and with um with the Jags, where we're gonna crowd eight man box because we don't respect your your throwing capability, right? And, like, Ritter was hitting throws, and they were still like, you know what? I don't believe you. Like, they would not let up off Bijan today. They kind of they, – they really stuck to, like, you know what? Anybody can beat us. 
but you. You understand me? Right. Like anybody can beat us but you today. And and if that's where they want to live and die, that's fine by me. If, it it if did. Ritter, it, if, if Ritter can do that, I'm perfectly fine with that. And it looked like, you know, as much as our defense didn't have any sacks or, or picks, their defense also, no sacks, no picks, three tackles for loss on the day. Right. We did not have many negative plays or many even at-the-line plays, even though Algier didn't have a great day. I felt like he was a good change of pace bet. Bijan didn't have an amazing day. He actually had his first fumble at the worst time, but our defense yeah. was able to, to you know, mitigate the – stop the bleeding on that one. Um, I just – I was really I was really proud of how our offense as a whole moved today, even though we couldn't muster up too much of a run game. Yeah, I mean the run game. Yeah, the run the run game definitely, definitely was not what I wanted it to be. But I mean, we got it done. It's crazy and, considering. And, oh, but no, and I was just gonna say like, but uh, you you spoke on you know Matt, like you know get the ball back in the hand and let him do the thing. Now I may be overreacting, but Ritter remind me of the last quarterback we had on that drive because he looked completely calm and completely in control. No, so there I, was, I actually there was to, no blink to his game. Yeah, I actually wanted to break down that last drive. Uh, him and London, that connection was was elite on that last drive. But you could tell he was looking for him. He had four completions on the drive. Only one was to anybody else. Um, I feel like that's where true number ones are made, right? Ritter did his thing. He was complete. He was calm. He was there. But I feel like that's where true number one receivers are made. On drives like that, who am I looking for, right? Who's going to get me the play? Who's going to bail me out? Who are we drawing up the plays for? And that gave me hope that, like, London is an integral part of this offense for real. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like, like, like we talked about earlier, you get into this any, meeny, mighty, mo thing where, you know, one game it's Pitts, one game I'm throwing to Bijan six times out of the backfield, one game I'm throwing to uh, London five or six times. No, on that last drive, it was, no, this is where the ball is going, right? This is who's going to get us to the promised land, really. And that really had me thinking, like, okay, you recognize what talent you have in London. Not to say – Bijan and Pitts aren't absolutely elite, amazing talents. But, like, you have a true dominant number one wide receiver, and you yeah, need to he, build that up. Yeah, he just, he just does it in a different way. He, he's not winning with separation. He's winning just by – he's just going to look boy you. Every time. Every time. Every time. Because, because that back shoulder it. throw. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. Because it's like, what impressed me most about the game, not even Ritter's decisiveness, it was his ball placement. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like he was putting the ball mm-hmm. exactly where he wanted to. Now, 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 just the contrary in me, the little nitpickiness in me, um, I felt like his ball placement for London was specifically meant for him to catch the ball 
and the offense advanced in that situation. I felt like his ball placement to Pitts, because Pitts, but he had uh, 10 targets. I felt like his ball placement to Pitts was, I'm leading you where I want you to go, keep running, right? And I don't, yeah, and I don't think him and Pitts have that connection yet, right? I feel like him and London do, and maybe that's just a, they came in together, maybe that's, you know, Pitts played a year with Matt, then he played, you know, with the bullshit that was Mariota, then he got hurt, you know what I'm saying? He he hasn't built that yet, yeah. but um, like when I, and, and I think Janu has that, which is why you may see him as a more featured part of the offense, regardless of, you know, whether or not I feel like he should be getting targeted that much, is because like, he's getting the ball, like even on his well, hitch routes. Well, he's thing, turning the thing, around. The thing with Janu is like, Janu's essentially our number two receiver. Like in in a sense, in a sense, no, I mean, because yeah. the thing is with the with the Falcons' offense is not a traditional offense in terms of target share. Like Matt Collins is basically like receiver number five, because like number one is probably Drake Pitts. Well, number one, one A and one B is Drake and Pitts. Yeah, then, that's that's where your eyes are going to go first, first and second, or first and, and second. Then like two A and then two A two B is probably Bijan and Janu. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, it's like John John who brings a different type of thing than Pitts does. He's he's not quite the vertical threat that Pitts is, but after the catch is where he makes his money. Because and I feel like Arthur Smith's offense is predicated on your middle of the field threat having that after like yards after catch. Well, I feel like his whole offense is predicated on all of his receivers having yards after the catch, but. Um, specifically that middle of the field threat, and I feel like yeah. that's where John New excels. And I feel like how I, I feel like how Pitts would be amazing at that. I feel like he's not in tune with Ritter enough that his catches aren't a either spectacular catches because the ball isn't where you thought it would be, but like you're going to catch it, or b they're Y'all are seeing the wrong thing. Y'all are seeing different things. And so Ritter's throwing the ball where he thinks you should go, and you're going to catch the ball as if, like, I'm not going there because that's not where the defense is. So you you sit down and catch it, or you catch it and immediately go to the ground because you're expecting contact and whatnot. Like, I, I saw it consistently over with his catches. Um, and P- Pitts didn't, if I'm not mistaken, because I'm, I'm, I'm rolling the catches back in my mind, he didn't make one catch on the sideline, did he? They attempted one of them, but he uh, it, he no, he made he did he did make one on the he made one on the sideline, but there was another one where he missed it. Um, I think uh, it, it was it was gonna be a difficult catch either way. Uh, it was the back shoulder throw, linebacker was under him, hit him right in the hands, and in the process of turning, he dropped it. Yeah. Okay. Because because um, I'm I'm most of his catches were middle of the field catches. Uh, <coughs> no, um, I I, <coughs> I would disagree with that. I mean, yeah, a good bit of them were, but I seen an interesting stat. So all of Pitts' catches came off of him turning left. I don't know why. How does that relate in the flow of the offense? I don't you know. Got a right-handed, you got a right-handed quarterback, so that turning left. That, 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 don't, that don't mean anything. Like, 
No, I'm, I'm I'm thinking when I think of turning left, he <coughs> usually lines up on the right side, and so if you're they turning will, left, you're making an in break, right? The thing is that in this offense, no one's lined up in any particular spot at the same time. It's, they they they're wherever. Pitts could be on the left side, right side. Like I, I there's no usual spot because if you bang on the usual spot in this offense, you're gonna confuse yourself. No, but when I when I'm seeing Pitts in my mind's eye, I'm seeing him on the left side. I'm either seeing him on I'm seeing him right next to McGarry. I mean so, on the right side. I'm seeing him right next to McGarry. I'm seeing him lined off like with Matt Collins on the right of him. Or I'm seeing him no, on the far one. It just depends on where you're seeing him. Is he a tight end or is he a receiver? If he's a receiver, a lot of times like him there's no set side with him because they and with the motions, like I feel like it would just make more sense though, because London usually lines up on the left. London consistently lines up on the left. I mean, yeah, he line, in in this offense they move around a lot. Like they do, I, move, I don't, they do move around. They do move around. I don't There's see a lot them of motion in any particular one spot because they they move around a good bit. So it, it, it's tough for me to to to, to say that. But when here's the thing though. When you uh, when you think it's motion with pieces that aren't necessarily going to be moved to help give you answer to is is motion with pieces that aren't necessarily going to be used because they're going to help you give answers to the test. So like Mac Hollins is almost always in motion, but as we just talked about, he's like the fifth receiving option. Yeah, most of your stagnant pieces like Janu, I've seen Janu move a lot, right? Yeah, and you know he was a recipient of it, but like when I think Kyle Pitts. I'm usually thinking him on the right side of McGarry. And when I'm thinking of Drake London, I'm thinking him as as the X receiver on the far left. Uh, maybe I'm not seeing it the same way you are. Because I, I I feel like they're they're all over the place with the offense. I feel like I feel like you have certain elements that can provide clarity to an offense, but like so. If London goes on the right, it's almost assuredly a play action, and it has him on an in-breaking route headed to the left side of the field, right? And if Pitts is on the if Pitts is on the left, it's usually a down the field throw, like a shock play. No, no, I don't agree with that one. I mean, I haven't really seen anything different from the offense. I, I, I'm not. I'm not agreeing with that one too much. Okay, go back to the Detroit game, right? Mm-hmm. On the play that uh, Laporta scored a touchdown on, you said they had Pitts run almost the same exact play, and he missed it. What side did he line up on? He was on the right. He was on the left side. No, he was on the right. La- Laporta ran the exact same play. He was on the right. He 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 ran from the right to the left. Drake London was on the left. Okay. Um, and then on Jacksonville, wait, are we? You said he was on the right side, ran to the left, right? Mm-hmm. And then they did so a they similar thing in Jacksonville, and he threw a pick because he was on the same side. Because he was running the uh the crosser. Well, not the crosser, but the end right on Drake was running the post. Drake was running the post from the left side. Pitch was coming off from the right side. 
And that's the one I said they should have went vert. But once again, falls in two. Drake is on the left and Piss is on the right. You want to keep those, you want to keep those separate. You don't want to line them up on the same side. And most routes for your ex receiver are better on the left. If no, you have the right hand of quarterback. The thing is, a lot of times they they well, I'm not gonna say a lot of time, but they do line them up on the same sides too. And I always feel like it's the stupidest thing in the world because it condenses your defense. You usually put your best players on both of them, especially if you got guys traveling. Yeah, but most teams don't play us a man for real, though. We can, yeah, because they don't respect our they don't respect our throwing ability. But no, it's just, they it's will just not, It's just not conducive. Like, but all the motion we do, if they if they, it just doesn't make sense to run a whole lot of man with, with a team that motions as much as us, because you're just gonna be giving your hand. And then you know if if you you know they're in, you could send a motion, get them one point, and then sprint sprint out right back. And cause a whole lot of issues. Speaking of sprinting, I feel like team speed may be an issue that we address. We're going to get to that a bit in City Talk. But um, the one thing that I will say about our offense, I felt like we played fast. I felt like we played in control. I felt like we played with a purpose. And I felt like we had a plan to attack Houston's defense. Which is something I didn't see in the in the previous two games. Hmm. <clears throat> um, I I no, I think we had plans in all the games. I just think execution was on point because, for the most part, Ritter looked like he was uh, the, the pressure. There was no pressure on him all game. Like none. Ritter was able to stop, go through his progressions. And, the and offensive like, line did, did keep up. The offensive yeah. line did hold up for a good part of the game. And, and, and ironically, you know, the the, the, the O-line looked pretty good without a certain starter in the lineup. And that that may be an issue long-term, right? Especially considering the dollars allocated to that position. Uh, is In actuality, it's really just a one-year deal. They can get out of that contract after this season if they if they want to. I do think that uh, I do think they're going to look for different O line combinations moving forward because like they did play a good game. But to be fair, to be fair, Houston doesn't have like this crazy pass rush, right? They were actually like top five in pressure rate. But are they getting home? He went because pressure. I'm, that's that's what I'm getting at. Getting home and pressures are two different things. They were talking about a pressure rate. Ritter was unaffected the whole game because what's been the issue with us is he's under constant pressure. They didn't get anything on us. Not for a good bit of the game. I felt like he was completely just really nonchalant to what was going on, and most of his misses came as throwaways. So I, I felt. You know, he only missed nine balls, but it, off the top of my mind, they're like four were throwaways. Yeah, I, 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 like, I, I'd be lying if I said I remember which ones was what. No, I like throwing out of pressure. Um, I didn't see no hit hand drops. You know what I'm saying? Usually it's like a it was like an overthrow. I didn't see no, you know, hit hit your hands and just drop it. I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, there 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 was one. Donald Smith hit him right in the, hit him right in the chest and he dropped it. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, the one I was going to say that was like kind of close was he overthrew Matt Collins and he had got like a fingertip on it. Um, but then, yeah, bam, that's two. And then four throwaways. So what, you missed three passes? You know yeah, what I'm saying? There was, there was one um, he was, I think, I think it was more so a communication issue with him and Drake. Cause it looked like he was trying to get Drake to slow down, and he just kept uh, he just kept going. And I think I think it's an element of luck to it a bit, but I think those miscommunications in previous weeks were causing interceptions. And this week, you know, that ball fell to the ground. No, I mean, I, he, I think he was just extremely decisive this week. When you when you're being very decisive, you can get away with a couple more things. Well, we need this to continue as we go into the Lions Nest and uh head to DC versus the commanders. No, they come to us. All right, I gotta edit that part out then. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might keep it in. I might keep it in, but in all truth. So we need to, uh, you know what, look, bro, you just take us to the next segment. Regularly scheduled programming next week versus the commanders two and three. Um, hate this part. But since they played on Thursday, they're coming off a 10-day rest. Uh, lost versus the Bears, 40-20. to 20. Uh, Gosh, Mizzacked. Um, That secondary was getting roasted. Uh, turkey on Thanksgiving style, man. So I expect, to, I expect them to come in with a lot of anger, a renewed sense on defense. Ron Rivera is a powerful coach, a uh, real defensive coach. And they got Airbnb on the offensive side. So I'm looking like this is going to be an interesting type of game. What's your thoughts on it, man? Um, it could be interesting, but I I fully expect us to win. I definitely like, see a Falcons win here because it's like um, biggest concern obviously is the front. Um, because it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be as easy as it's simply dropping back and. Uh, Doing what he did last week, so spring games going to. But the good thing is, teams that typically have those kind of fronts, they don't load the boxes boxes much. So I I, I do think we will see another B, a Bijan Honeyard game. Um, I think it's going to be a good game for Bijan this week. I think they can routinely get pressure with four um, Montez Sweat and Chase Young then. Yeah, that line, that line is a, that line is a monster. The thing so, is, you didn't even name the two best players on that D line, which is no, pain, uh, yeah, pain, pain, pain and uh, Jonathan Allen. Issue. Yeah, pain is an issue, bro. But I was talking, I was talking about the bookend part because uh, the point I was about to say, like they can get pressure with four, right? And their bookends can get home so quick. Chase Young looks healthy this year, right? Yeah. Um, the counterpoint I was going to make to Bijan having a good game was to mention, if you think about Allen and Payne in the middle, super big bodies, athletic, quick, and our guard play, it, it, it sometimes leaves some to be desired. Now, 
much, much better in the run game than they are in the pass game. And so that may lend to a better day. And like you said, should be running against lighter boxes. So I, I, I do see that being that being a possibility. My thought, use that aggressiveness against them, right? I think this is a beautiful Arthur Smith run game type of day where he runs hella counters, hella screens, actions at the line to keep that defensive line off balance. And if you can catch them in a stunt, I promise you can pop one. Whatever, you know, we haven't gotten to the bedding portion yet, but I'm pretty sure Bijan Long Rush might be like nine or 11 somewhere in there because they're overvaluing the defensive line. I'm probably going to take the over on that because I do think with Arthur Smith's creativity, they're going to be able to pop one or two uh, this coming week. I definitely fully expect them to pop one or two, maybe more. Um, Oh, that? No, I was going to say maybe more, but I, I definitely expect at least one or two. Now, what I will say that I don't think is going to repeat from the Chicago game, Howell's not passing the ball 51 times. Like, they are going to give a steady dose of Robinson, right? How does our defense handle that? We saw Calais Campbell lead the game uh, late in the game. He ended up coming back, but I think that we we really got to be stout in the run game this week because I know that offense is going to look heavily on gaining more balance. Um, I don't need Bates playing hero ball. I don't think he respects Howell, and so I, I see him jumping some routes. But we've got two dudes that can really do some damage, and McLaurin and Samuel. McLaurin, yeah, I'm, I'm not as scared of Samuel. Um. McLaurin showing love to these ex Carolina wide receivers, bro. I'm telling you, I'm not scared of him. I'm not about to <laughs> lie to you for the sake of <laughs> for the sake of content. <laughs> nah, and then you got you got Logan Thomas in the middle, who I also think now he is has been a factor at tight end. He has all season. I and think he's, also he's been, been a continue. factory on the injury list too. This is true. This is true. But I think that that, tan, uh, that trio can cause an issue for for our defense specifically, right? Now, I don't, I don't they've, been, they've been picking on – they've been picking out offers, right? Who lines understand. up on that? Uh, well – it depends. I, I, I'm not familiar where they line up their guys. Uh, I, I don't know who their slot guy is. Like, but Alford is also one of the better nickel corners in the league. So, I do think he is. I think he just consistently draws hard matchups, and he has just been – he didn't get roasted last game. Like, I'm not going to lie. I think it helped that Tank Dell went out with the concussion. I'm not going to lie to you because he, he, he did look like he was getting off a little bit. I ain't going to cap. But, but – you know, like Christian Kirk the previous week, and then um, uh, the Lions guy, Amon Saint Ra, Amon Ra, like two weeks before it, like he, hey, he, he done, he done had a rough couple, like he done had a rough couple weeks, man. You know what I'm saying? So, did he really though? I mean, just he like, did Kirk he really? Kirk went for like a fuck on. It, 
Did he it's really? It's on the other It's just like, eh. So what is your definition? So what is your definition of a good game by a nickel corner? Because the thing is, the nickel you're going to give it the most yard because you got to defend the most. Like the, the nickel guy's never going to be completely shut down. That that's just the, that's just the reality of that spot. It's, it's too much you're defending inside outside. You don't you don't have anything to, to protect you like an outside boundary corner. He can land on that sideline. The slot guy can't do that. No, but that's why I am fine with slot corners giving up catches. Doesn't mean I'm okay with you giving up a lot of yards. He's not giving up a lot of yards though, because he's making the tackles immediately. Because like, because because the thing is, the Falcons are one of the best teams at limiting uh, at limiting plays after the uh after the catch. If we're having, if you're consistently giving up, you've had three one no two one hundred yard receivers. And Tank Dell didn't play a half of the game and had like forty yards. We've had two one hundred yard receivers, but we're still like the what the like what a uh, a top four versus versus the pass. Now hold on, hold on. Now that could be a misleading stat because even when we had our terrible teams, we we're pretty good versus the pass, and that's because like teams were able to get a lead on us and ran the ball. But now, if you but, look conversely. Our offense is a ball control offense, so it doesn't allow for a lot of time for the opposing offense to be on the field. I'm cool with complimentary football, oh, but see, you can't see, like see, lean see, on the pass without context. You no, but you can lean on that the past two weeks because versus Detroit, for instance, Detroit offense didn't do what they've been doing. Everyone else versus us. Yeah, our offense just didn't show up there. I, I give you props on that one. Our offense just didn't so, show up there, so it so didn't like, look it didn't look the same, but. They consistently so like you, you, kept the ball out of our hands and had a receiver go over 100, mainly on our nickel corner. But you also got to look at the type of possession in that game because that directly goes against what you were saying about us being ball control. No, I said our offense didn't show up that game. Yeah, so, so like we were having a whole lot of three and outs that game, so there wasn't a lot of ball control, and yet the defense still did great versus the pass. Great is a is – a, is a, that's, that's, a, that's a strong word for what showed up in Detroit. How, they, like gave, defense, they only gave up one touchdown. They gave up one touchdown. I feel touchdown. like our defense not, kept us in the game, but like they the were defense, able to do the defense did great. They only they only scored one touchdown. That's great. Considering that what we couldn't do offensively and much of that on the field, that is great. I give you props there. Point is when we look at what we're doing against Washington, right? I think that. Their offensive weapons could present a problem to us. Not enough to light up the scoreboard, right? I feel like the only way teams are scoring touchdowns against us are defensive breakdowns. That's kind of been proven over the last couple weeks, right? Um, But that doesn't mean that they're not able to stay on the field and consistently move the ball. A lot of those drives are ending in field goals. We, We explained what defensive capabilities this team has talk about complimentary football, I definitely, definitely believe that we could run into some issues with a similar game that we just had. You know what I'm saying? Multiple field goals on Washington's end, but then instead of us being able to score on our end, turnovers, uh, uh, not being able to move the ball, three and outs, just because of the pressure that uh, that defensive line creates. 
Yeah, but mm. with even with all that, I still think that we have a great chance to win this game. I just do not see as high of an offensive output as I potential that I saw for Houston. So, like I said, they were going to score twenty four in Houston. You said twenty seven. I don't see that type of game here. I definitely see like a twenty to. 12 20 to 15 type of game here i think okay. we're going to hold them to a lot of field goals and like we're going to it's going to be a grind out to get to about 20 points now i know i know what's a dangerous game comparing uh comparing like other teams but if chicago can do what they did to that defense why can't we I think, and this is this is not to crap on all that we just, you know, all the praise we just heaped on him a second ago. You know what I'm saying? Um, the two pieces, the two pieces, not the offense as a whole, but the two pieces that dominated Washington for Chicago in fields and more are more talented, or I would say more seasoned. No, Pitt, I, I feel like Fields has more talent. Fields has more talent than Ritter, just raw talent. You talk about arm strength, being able to throw and deliver the ball, running ability, just more raw talent than Ritter. And I feel like Moore is a more refined wide receiver prospect than London. And because of that, those two pieces that were able to dominate you know, Washington are better than what we're bringing in. Like, I won't say, I won't say Chicago's offense is better than our offense. I'm saying like those two in particular in relation to how they dominated, because it wasn't, it was 40 to 20, but it wasn't like, you know, feels wheeling and dealing all over the place. Like he get more had 230 yards and three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was really, it was really like when in doubt, throw it up to Moore, he'll figure it out. You know, like even that last touchdown that went like 45, 50 yards or whatever, like had the corner played that right, that was a pick six. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I would say like literally just those two pieces are, are a little better than what we have coming in. So that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily look for the same offensive output. But and, I, I wasn't just talking about a one-to-one, though, because I feel our offense is better than what Chicago puts out in totality. No, I and I would I so, would agree with you there. So, I would agree with you there. So then I kind of lean on previous games, um, regardless of how crappy he's playing this year. Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Desmond Ritter. Judy is is like a better receiving type of threat than London. Look at. You know, they were able to put up 28 points on um, on Washington. They were able to put up like 28 or 30 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't really count that last touchdown because it was a Hail Mary. So I would just say like 28 points. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you kind of look throughout the season. They haven't – when they've been giving up big games, it's to like bigger quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I'm running through them real quick. The Eagles put 34 on them, right? Like, Jalen Hurts is a bona fide. Uh, Josh Allen put up 37 on them. The Broncos scored 33, but 
like I said, I don't really count that last touchdown. It was more so like 28. And then, uh, you know, the Cardinals, I wouldn't say our offense is as bad as the Cardinals, but like that game ended 20 to 16. And that's really kind of where I see the game. Like I don't see them scoring a bunch of points. I, I, I feel like you need to put some respect on our offense because I feel like you you severely – Severely dogging us home, like no. I just I don't see us being all, Josh of, Allen. all of those teams. I think we're better than all those teams. You think, think we're, we're better than the Bills, the Eagles? Well, not the, the Bills and the Eagles, but the other teams, yes. Bills and Eagles, no, I do not think we're better than them. But the other teams, I do think we're better than them. I think we're better than the commanders. So, and we have yet to see a clean, uh, not a clean, we have yet to see a complete offensive game in one. I feel like there's a chance for that this week. We're playing at home again. Ritter don't lose at home. He does. You, 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 that, that last game, I think it re-energized the receivers, like like Drake London getting that catch on the sideline. The emotion he was into the game. So them going into that, knowing that, I think sometimes you just gotta just see it in the game. Ritter just had to say, "I got these guys. I'm trusting them." I don't see no cornerback on on the Commanders that truly stop. What we got. Yeah, they're not a season of DJ Moore, but we have more than DJ Moore. Which is true. I think we can can attack them in multiple ways. My my thing is just one finishing drives, right? The fumbles killed us, right? The inopportune turnovers killed us. But fumbles, fumbles is more luck than anything. And he didn't throw any interceptions this week. Uh but continuing continuing that all the way forward is I do think we're going to need to be in positions to kick field goals this game. And that's not any shade on our offense. I just think that, like, I mean, overall, we have struggled getting the ball into the end zone. So to just say that, like, oh, we're going to have a 35-point outburst just doesn't seem realistic. I didn't say 35, but I I do think we can can hit four touchdowns. Because the thing is, it's not like we're far away from it. We're we're one or two things away from because if I think if we didn't have those almost last week, I think we would have put up probably about twenty eight to thirty some points. The way that because we were moving the ball pretty very easily for the most part on that defense. Bro, now, we just, haven't we haven't scored more than twenty five this season. I understand, but you gotta understand what I'm saying. It, we're, we're we're only uh, we're, we're we're a matter of details away. It's small things. It's not like oh, we just show we can't do it. It's the small things, like like in the first couple of games, it was we, we would have good momentum in the drop, and then penalties would kill us. No, no, no. I don't disagree with you there. I'm just saying, like I've watched this team in back to back weeks score thirteen, like score combined thirteen. Yeah, and then and you needed a last-second field goal to score twenty-one, and you saying they can put up four touchdowns is wild behavior to me. It's not like that. Just that does not make sense. It, it does make sense if you're watching the game because you're seeing the the the, the framework is there. 
it's not like this. Like you know, this offense is capable of it. Whether or not you want to admit it, that's a whole other thing. But if you're watching, yeah. you you know that it's capable. When, it's whether when or not they against, when we played they, against dominant edge rushers, Lions, Jags, we played against dominant lines. We were completely stifled. I do not think that we. I, I don't think we should lose see, this see, game. See, okay, Detroit doesn't. I don't have think that we should lose it. Detroit doesn't have a dominant line. They have a dominant guy. The rest of them is just who's who. They have a dominant guy, though. Okay, well, we showed we couldn't block the dominant guy, and it let no, the line get off. No, that's just because the, the old line had their own issues because the offense has been struggling for the most part, whether it be the Panthers, the Packers. The offensive line has been struggling. This is the cleanest game they played all year. No, absolutely. And so that's yeah. what I'm saying. We're no. going into a game where the opposing team's strength lies on their defensive line. For me to for me to be like, oh yeah, no, nah, I see even a 20 no. point a 28 point outburst to me would seem disingenuous when I've watched this line. Like I've watched no. each and every no. game. I've seen the issues that they're consistently no. running. I've seen the I've seen the issues. However, we have Given that this is the most talented D-line that we've seen all year, teams with this D-line tend to just let their D-line handle the run and they don't stack the box. If you're not stacking the box, you're not stopping our run game. Like I said, I feel like we have we have opportunities to pop runs. I do. So, now, will so those, will those I, pop I runs if end you, in the end zone? I don't know. I can't say that. I don't know if the runs need, need to end in the end zone. But the, the run opportunities are going to be there this week. <clears throat> and when you have the run opportunities there, it's going to allow, as long as Ritter as long as Ritter could just bring on a little momentum from last week, it's going to allow this offense to unlock another level. Because all it is is you just, you're building every week. You're building every week. That was last week was a very critical building block going forward because it showed us a glimpse of what this offense can be. Because the thing is, we we, we we still don't know what the offense is truly capable of because we ain't seen the complete game yet. We don't know what this offense looks like when everything's clicking. What I mean now, if you want to learn, you're you're we, not we, gonna you're not gonna play too many games where your run game is over 150 yards and your passing game is over 300. Like no, I, I I'm I'm not talking about the numbers. I'm talking about just total. I'm 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 not I'm I'm not looking at statistics. I'm just saying we ain't seen the offense where we got the run game going and the pass game looking good, being efficient. We we haven't had that yet. We we haven't had a game where both aspects of the offense are both equally efficient. And I think we're building to that. And then once we get, I, I, I do think that this week could be a, another step because, yes, the commanders have a stout front four. I'm not scared of anything on the back end. Now, I did say that about Detroit, but this is not Detroit. This is this is a very <laughs> middle <middling> team. <laughs> I know I said that last time, but I mean it this time. No, <laughs> no but, 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 but the... the Detroit and this team are very different teams. No, yes, Ron, Ron Rivera is, 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 but this team, like, I'm looking at the teams that they're losing to. There's no, there's no way in my mind I feel like it's going to be a, 
a 20 to 12 game. If it is, then hey, it is. But if I think if this offense plays up to what I believe they can, and I'm not saying we got a top 10 offense, but I think we got an offense that that, that they can make some noise when it gets going. I think that our offense. We definitely have the weapons. I think that our offense struggles to score when presented with true, like, adversity. And that adversity being in the sense of, like, you can't lean on your superstar in the run game. And last week was the first time I ever saw us overcome that adversity and end with a win. And taking the caveat that this is a team that picked second and third in the previous draft, I don't put too much stock in it. It was good to see. It's a great, like you said, step. But, like, I would definitely need to see that more consistently. Because, like, this is the – hell, we were just talking about it last week. He didn't have another pitch in the the bullpen, bro. Like, he didn't have another pitch in the bullpen. And this was the first week you brought something different out. So, like, let's let's, let's pump the brakes there. I'm – my my – I'm 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 always an optimist, but I'm also a realistic fan. I'm not saying that that was the game that made, made me a believer. It did make me a little more opt- more, more comfortable with Ritter seeing. Because the thing is, with, with, with the thing is, sometimes you just got to see you could do it. Ritter saw himself he could do it, and he showed us he could do it. Given that that was a Houston team, but that's that Houston team also beat some very good teams. Because they beat that same Jacksonville team we lost to. They beat the Steelers. They beat good teams. That's a divisional game. And Trevor always the plays Steelers wasn't. Against. The Steelers huh? wasn't. The Steelers might be ass, bro. But the Steelers came out to beat the Ravens. The, the Steelers that's lead the division. division. That's the division they game. Lead their, they lead their division. No, I'm saying, but like in all truth, like the Steelers might just be ass. Like they might just be trash. Because like they, they beat they, the they beat the Ravens. Lead, but they're leading their division. <laughs> they beat the Ravens with Lamar playing like trash because Lamar always Lamar, plays the Steelers. Lamar, Lamar, here's the thing: Lamar, not, Lamar was not playing like trash. He had eight drops from his receivers in that game. Yeah, his receivers sold on him bad. But like, they always play the Steelers bad, just like Jackson. Like uh, Jacksonville always plays Houston bad. I don't, I don't think Trevor's ever beat Houston. Like, it's you know, division games are weird, bro. Like yeah, they're weird, but that like Matt Ryan always used to beat the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like until like that last them last couple of years with Tom. Like oh, just, okay, that's 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 all semantics. But the point I'm making is that we beat a team that hand, that beat other good teams. You could bring up the division thing. Yes, it, it it does have weight to it, but we still beat a team that is on the up and up. Yes, they picked second and third, but they got them one of the ones at quarterback. They do. They do. Shroud, Shroud is, is a legit NFL quarterback. And, 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 and given the history of the Falcons, if this would have been the Falcons of old, Stroud would have threw for 400 yards and we would have got blew out. Yeah, nah, factual. So, like, and, and, they, but they, the defense has never, it's five weeks in. The defense ain't the issue. Defense ain't the problem. I was no, not, to make not. a point earlier. They really did play great against the Lions. Like, the defense is legit. You know what I'm saying? But, like, for me, I feel like it's disingenuous for me to say, like, I feel like this offense is just going to come out and score, like, even over 20, 24 points. Like, I don't see it this week. I would no, love I'm to not, I, No, I just don't think it's going to be, like, no 2012 game. I, 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 I think we're the clear better team in this commander's game, and I, I, I hope they play like it. 
us being at home, I, I, because I, 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 I need to see that we could be one of the playoff teams. And I think that we could do that this week. And I think that we can we can build off of what we did last week. Because as long as Ritter is decisive, because the, the thing is, the, the two losses we had on the, on the road, he was indecisive. This week, given it was the Texans that picked second and third, like you said, but he was decisive and he was accurate. He also faced no pressure, like you pointed out. I don't think yeah, that's going to be the case this week. No, it's not going to be the case. But the thing is, is he went even even if there was the pressure, he wasn't holding the ball long anyway. Because I like like I said, he was decisive. That that's the key part. Because it's like it ain't like he was holding the ball. He was boom, one two, click, go. It ain't like he was just sitting there like, oh well, okay. Like if you look at how the Texas looked on offense versus how we look. There was times where CJ was out there just patting the ball, just like, dang, okay, where I'm going to go? Where I'm going to go? Oh, there you go. Boom. Ritter wasn't doing that. It was hey, one, two, three, let it go. As long as he can do that, I think we'll be fine. Well, you mentioned playoffs, and I got to do my Jim, Bo- Jim Moore voice. The playoffs? We're going to check and see what playoff standings look like. Yes, at week five, next in individual. Ahead to in our division. As of right now, the Bucks still lead. Uh, we got one more loss. They're three and one right now. They had an early bye. We'll see how that affects them later on uh, in the season. Their next game is versus the Lions, red hot Lions, who just put the beat down on Carolina. Um, I, I honestly think that game might be a loss for them. And so it behooves us to, as we talked about, go ahead and handle business with Washington. So we're looking at three and two right now with our next game being Washington. Saints three and two. Put the smack down on New England. I don't put much stock in it. I think New England's a terrible team with a crappy quarterback. Their next game is versus the Texans. Now, they have a really, really good defense. I feel like Stroud might be able to do something a little crazy to them, right? Um, and then lastly, Carolina at 0-5. 42 to 24 versus the Lions. Their next game is versus the Dolphins, so they might be looking at 0 and 6. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they, yeah. They about to get a Bears a real nice pick. Yeah, and that's that's the worst part about it. That's the worst part about it. Is that like I, I seen I seen um a Carolina fan was posting and he was like, You don't have no Christian McCaffrey. No DJ Moore, no somebody else, and all you got is a five-three quarterback. Uh, and the Bears got your pick. And I said, "Yo, they got a five-three quarterback that the head coach didn't want." And the and the Bears got your pick. I said, "Yo, you know, it's like Ritter ain't it's, it's, the best it's, thing in the world, but like it could be worse, bro." <laughs> oh yeah, no, it could be worse. 
<laughs> Car- 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 Carolina looks like it, it, it's just. I mean, I think Bryce is gonna be fine, but it I seemed do. like the, it seemed like Bryce was forced upon the Panthers and not the other way around. Because I do believe that they wanted CJ Stroud, but the owner wanted Bryce. I feel and, you. And, I definitely. And Frank Wright and Frank Wright kind of alluded to that in his pressure without directly outright saying it. He's just saying that yeah, the Panthers owner is a guy that. Is not one who stays away. He's very engaged in team operation. Well, you also got to look at it like you get into the money aspect of it, right? They're both California kids. So it's not like either one had a grassroots blueprint grow up, right? So, like, when you think back of the economic pressure of not drafting Trevor, right? There's no reason you wouldn't draft Trevor. But in that draft, like there's Herbert, uh, not Herbert in that draft. There was a uh, Fields. There Lance. was Fields, Lance, uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. So okay, Mac Jones would be a pretty good comp there. So Mac Jones is from the Northeast, but played at Alabama, right? So there's kind of some regional influence there. But it, Trevor played at Clemson, but he also went to high school in Georgia. So you're looking at it like, okay, we got kind of this homegrown kid. We keep him in the South. Bam, we're at we're gonna draft into Jacksonville. Carolina, you have two guys that are from Cali, but one played at Alabama and then the other played at Ohio State. It's almost like there's that regional sort of significance that will keep a guy home, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely felt like the owner who was more so looking big picture is like this is a long-term investment play on kind of putting roots down and in this community with the team, et cetera, et cetera, building goodwill instead of truly just looking at it. And, you know, Bryce has always been highly touted and has been the overcomer of his short size. You know what I'm saying? Um, Rather than just looking at it prospect for prospect, Stroud's a better prospect. You know what I'm saying? Like Stroud is a better prospect. And I think he just got kind of blinded by the economic portion of it. But, you know, like if you pick the right guy, the money's gonna follow. And I think, I think guys, I think owners when they get involved, sometimes they they miss that a little. I don't agree, but well, hold on, what's up? The whole economic thing, I don't agree with none of that. I think that it plays a huge part into who you draft, when, and where. I don't. There is uh, the draft is an economic exercise within itself. You don't just pick somebody to pick somebody. You have to put all factors involved. Because well, if that was the case, Jalen Carter would have won. I don't. I don't think that I, 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 the the whole Cali and he went to Alabama. I don't think none of that played into it. Yeah. Why not? It it just doesn't make sense. It, 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 well, I, I'm just not buying that. You went to I, Alabama. They looked yeah, at it. Yeah, I, 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 I get I get what you're saying about it, but it, 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 I'm, I'm I'm not buying it. That makes no sense to me. Like, you can you, look you can look at it through the history of the draft. Where where guys are drafted doesn't just have to do with who they played what their draft profile is. A good bit of it is what do they look like to the community? What do they look like about where they went to college? 
it plays into it. Mm, I, I don't agree, but let let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. If Shador came out this year, right? Caleb went one. Obviously. No, no one's gonna argue that. Caleb goes one. Caleb goes one in most drafts. So it doesn't really matter where he's from, where he's from, right? But why is that? Say you get to because he's a he's generational. That's like like it didn't matter with Trevor, right? Like generational talents doesn't really matter. Um, but let's say you get to pick 17, 18, right? Shishador already be off the board, maybe. But Dallas has one year left on Dak's contract. Do you think it doesn't play in a factor at all that Shador went to school in Texas, was a Texas legend, um, and is playing in the Big 12? No. And that, that to me, that yes. Like, that no. matters. That I don't matters. think it does because the thing is you're going to find good players wherever they are. Just because you went to school in Texas don't make up don't mean I'm going. I'm to not. Play. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you. I'm not saying that you won't find good players anywhere. I'm saying that you have to think of the economic impact of who you draft, when you draft them, and where. Right. Look at, I mean, look at the other stuff makes sense, but the where you from don't make sense because like, Bijan's from Arizona, went to school in Texas, and he's in Atlanta. Yeah, because like you had a great player fall to you. In all truth or honesty, I honestly believe that Atlanta would have chosen Jalen Carter. They just couldn't deal with the character stuff. And so they picked the next best player on the board. So that just throws out your whole economic thing then. That's not necessary. No, I'm saying it plays a part. I'm not saying it is the main overall factor. I'm no, saying no, it plays I, a part. I think it plays a very minuscule part, if anything. It, I don't think that's a major deciding factor in anything. I think it's a push factor when you have two when you have two prospects so. that are close. It is a push factor. Wow. You got one guy who played in the SEC, who's, which is looked at as this dominant conference, this above all conference. You're in the Southeast, right? As compared to a guy who played in Ohio State, right? And you got to factor in the last couple quarterbacks that came out of Ohio State are oh bam really system guys, didn't really uh, make it in the NFL, right? His closest cop would have been Dwayne Haskins if you're just looking at Ohio State film, right? So it's like if you miss, it's almost easier to miss on a kid that's from around the area or that people perceive was a was a slam dunk type of thing, right? The time, time and time again during the draft, the media shows us that they don't know shit. I, I believe that part. I believe that part. It doesn't change the fact that once the owners get involved, their their main thinking isn't just football. It's not just football. They got to think about it on a larger on a larger scale, and they factor in things that maybe most coaches would just overlook. Because coaches want to win, which That's is true. The most important part. Which is true, but I, I'm saying, I'm saying on an owner level, they factor in those things. That's why, that's why Jalen Carter got taken off boards, right? Because like, Jalen Carter is a better football player, football player, than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Jalen Carter is is legit one of them ones. He would have went number one overall, right? 
But once you get to the ownership level, once you once you get to the C-suite level, right, you got to understand that making this type of pick is going to have further economic ramifications on your team. Bad publicity, you know what I'm saying? Uh, moms against moms against drunk driving, uh, drag racing things. Like, okay, I'm not going to deal with that, right? Because even if I got to spend five hundred thousand dollars, which you know, once you get to that level, it's all monopoly money. But if I got to spend five hundred thousand dollars and endure three months of bad press for drafting this guy, when I can just draft someone else who at that at that portion of the draft, top ten is an equally good talent or at least close enough good talent, then I'm going to go with a different player, right? I'm saying when you're up, when you're in that level, when you're that close to that level of player, right, everything matters. Even regionality matters. I still disagree with the whole region thing, but. Hey, look, hey, it's played out with undrafted free agents as well. We can get into it around draft season. You know we're going to be in Detroit. I'm I'm free agents, yeah, but I'm talking about dude, these, with these top tier talents. Top, bro. I'm not looking at the draft. the thing is with the undrafted free agent, but they they pick the team, not the other way around. So they they're naturally probably gonna pick somewhere. Well, okay, I'm familiar with this area, and it makes sense. That's not necessarily the case. So you have priority free agents, right? When you, yeah, but they still pick. The draft, they still pick the team. When you exit the draft, you have priority free agents, right? Yes. And they the whole point teams. of that, they they quote-unquote pick the teams, but like, say you're a wide receiver, right? And for the past couple years, prior to them spending all this money, all these draft picks, you want to go to Baltimore, right? Say you're from USC, and you're an undrafted wide receiver, and they got to fly you across the country to go to Baltimore, or they got a kid from Eastern Maryland who went to the combine but just didn't get drafted, going to pick the Eastern Maryland kid because you're a priority free agent at that point. That USC kid can, quote-unquote, pick the Ravens all he wants to. He's not going to get that camp invite. This stuff matters. But it's okay. We, you know, look, we are getting way off topic. <laughs> we we got to reel it in. We got to reel it in. All right, so... I lost where we were in division. Uh, right now we three and two. We got to win next week. We're moving on to give me props. Uh, you ain't got to talk about Colorado. You, you, we can make fun of Miami, though. Ah, Jesus. That, oh, that shit hurt. All right. I let it get to to one fourteen. I'm I'm just I'm trying to figure out what the hell he was doing, bro. Like it didn't make. Just kneel the ball, get up, go on. They had no timeouts. You run the ball in front of them. like that. That's on the coach. How did you... Ah, ah. I really wanted Lou to be honest, because like you fucked me, bro. Like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, on to on to give me props. On to give me props. So. Uh, nine and eleven on the season. Taj zero and one on the season. I'm gonna go with you first. The Bijan anytime TD, cash. The Pitts anytime TD, didn't did not care. Right, but I'm, I'm. It it that 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 was. I felt like you were on the right side of that. 
I felt like you were on the right side of that. Yeah, my thought process was correct. Is this it didn't get the touchdown? No, nah. but but they definitely got him going in the game. Yeah, yeah, seven for eighty-seven. Like you, you were you were definitely on the right side of that. You called a Kyle Pitts uh, breakout game. So uh, one and one for the week, one and two on the season. Uh, slightly under, but looking looking ahead on to right to the right track. You know, if you bet more, you can win more. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> me nine and eleven on the season, and check out this week. Check out this week, bro. Out here, twelve and a half is the longest rush. Cash. Dupree for a sack. No. Cash. Uh, we both had Bijan anytime touchdown. Cash. Total passing touchdowns for Ritter. Point five. So basically, did he throw a passing touchdown? Cash. Damian Pierce, 66 and a half total yards. Cash. Five and O week, baby. Five and O. Count it. 14 and 11 for the season. Mm. Man, that's, the way to, that's the way to turn that record upside down. Hey, look, you know, you feel me. You feel me. Because it was looking rough for a minute. It was looking rough for the kid for a minute. But you stick with me, you done made some money this year. All right. Now we go on to the game picks. Taj, 1-0 uh, and this week. Uh, you picked the Falcons to win. And then, um, so you're 1-0 and on the season, 1-0 this week. For me, I'm 1-2 this week, 1-2 and for the season. I had the Chiefs as uh, two-and-a-half point favorites. They obviously cleared that. I don't know what they were thinking with that line with Minnesota. Uh, it was in doubt for a minute, especially when Kelsey went out, but you know, they, they cleared that two-and-a-half line. Wrong side of Green Bay. Wrong side of Green Bay. And I really felt like they had that game. That just Those love turnovers are just ugh, terrible. Terrible at the I wish you would have played that versus Yeah, three touchdowns against us, three picks against the Raiders. It's just, but I, it's hot and cold. He's a young quarterback. It's, it's just part of, part of learning. Um, and then, yeah, we both – we. We both – you gassed me up on that Rams pick. We both was on the wrong side of that one. They – boy, they got trashed, bro. Like, it was it was rough. I still like what the Rams got going on, though. I, li- I like what they got going on, but I feel like the Eagles are like – I feel like the Eagles and the Niners cut from the same cloth. They just buzzsaws this year. And, like, if you stand in the way, you're going to get cut up. Like, I, I think that might be – until the playoffs, my last time betting against the Eagles. I'm a, I, I find another way to bet against them. <laughs> so, uh, overall, really, really good week. We're going to drop another betting pod on, um, what you say, Friday this week? Yeah, we can do Friday. Friday I feel, sounds good. Yeah, I feel like Friday sounds good. All right, so we're going to drop a betting pod on Friday this week. Go over our picks for the weekend. Y'all stay with us. Uh, as as my man Bravado says, please, please, please bet responsibly. You hear me? <laughs> Don't bet nothing that you can't afford to lose. Don't bet nothing that you can't pay nobody. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't know to do none of that. All right? Have fun. Bet responsibly. Don't gamble in states that don't let you gamble. Right? So for, for legal purposes, none of these bets are being made in the state of Georgia. Facts. All right. We're going to keep y'all just for a little bit longer. We're going to 
you know, hit City Talk real quick and then get y'all out of here. So come on with us. So City Talk. Now, one of the main reasons that I put you, like, I was like, yo, hey, bruh, if I'm going to do the pod with anybody, uh, I wanted to do it with you. Because, like, I respect your football mind, and we can go back and forth, you know what I'm saying? You got points, I got points, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But you make extremely valuable points because you're watching And one of the things that you pointed out was that this offense was missing, the next evolution of it was a true deep threat. Right. And Scotty Miller is supposed to be that. Just really hadn't turned out. So the yeah. Falcons get Ben Jefferson in a seventh for a six round pick. The guy averages 15 yards per catch, uh, like right around 14.8, 15 yards per catch for his career. He can get down the field. Yeah. What was your thoughts on that? What was your thoughts on it, man? Um, it, the trade definitely caught me completely off guard. But it's a trade out because like I, I I've I've liked uh, Van Jefferson's game from afar. I, I I've liked seeing him with the Rams, you know. Um and I think he could uh like once he gets the offense and all of that, I think he could definitely make a home and um maybe he plays himself into like a maybe like a two or three year extension with us. So I'm trying to figure out where exactly he fits on the offense. If he's even like a piece in the offense, I feel like the the personnel grouping that we were talking about that contained London Patterson, uh, Pitts, London Patterson, Pitts, Bijan, and uh, oh, I'm having a brain fart on our second running back. Oh, I hear. Algier, right? Uh, yeah. They're going to replace Cordell in that and put Van Jefferson on the field as a speed threat. But then that's like, what's the point of having your Joker not on, like, not on the field? And then it's like, I don't see him taking Mac Hollins' role because Mac Hollins, if anything, has shown himself to be an indispensable run blocker, right? And then having him hold on, the on Hold on. Van Jefferson is also graded as one of the better run blocking receivers in the league. Now, I get that. I get that. But, like, Holly, you've seen, bro, Holland's been a dog this year in the run game. No, but Van Jefferson is cut from the same cloth when it comes to run blocking. I feel like tip. I feel like it would be a tip-off to kind of play them in and out of the lineup as, like, okay, this is a passing down or this is, like, could be a play-action no, rundown. See, and the, the, the thing is – the thing is, it's not a tip off though because Van Jefferson is a like I th- he's one of the better run blocking receivers. No, no, so no. I'm still putting my thing. He has a speed element, right? He has a speed element that Matt yeah. Holland doesn't have. So I feel like, uh, well, because before Van Mac Holland was, was our deep threat, he's the best. He he can get deep. He he is our best deep threat as is. Van Jefferson's a better one. If you just look yeah. at, him, you just look at it. He's he's a better deep threat, right? So I feel like the tip-off would occur if, if Van Jefferson's in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well, hey, maybe this is a pass. You know what I'm saying? 
and then you're going to run off it a couple times to kind of lull him to sleep and then put Matt Collins in. It's like, okay, well, now we got to run a pass play because Matt Collins is in the game to keep keep the defense honest almost, if that makes sense. I mean, but that's what Arthur Smith does anyway. He, he, he's he's very good with his personnel group. It's like how, how he's going to use them, I have no doubt about that. Because, like, even uh, – could be touched on this last week about how Scotty Miller didn't exist in the offense, and then this week Scotty Miller – gets introduced. I'm not going to lie to you. I think the introduction of Van Jefferson was kind of the death of Scotty Miller. Like, I think that was kind of – they got him in. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't see him being a part of the offense. No. Again. I, he still would be part of the offense because they're going to be used in very different ways. They're going to use Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller is fast, but he's not a great deep threat. Van Jefferson is. But Scotty Miller, you get him going side to side, you catch a block, you're not catching them. So I don't think that's enough because the thing is, we only had four receivers on the team. That's that's the so which Van is which is crazy when you think about it. Most teams carry six. We had four, but we, we, but we also carry more tight ends than probably most teams do. We do. I think we have what four tight ends. Yeah, most teams carry three. Yeah, so we we have four tight ends. So, so and then Pitts is Pitts is basically a wide receiver. See, so. you, you keep like mo. Everybody says that Pitts is basically a wide receiver. He's basically a wide receiver, but he's not. He, he, he no, lines no. up in line. He yes, he, he lines, lines up, up off the line. line. Yes, he lines up off the line. I'm not taking that away, but like you draft him as a tight end. He li- he plays. He lines up on the line. Okay. And he takes a lot of punishment. That why most some wide receivers, most wide receivers just don't by function of his position, right? Yeah, but certain his lines up out wide more than any other tight end in the NFL. But the point I was getting at what I was saying that is he's basically a receiver, but because he 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 he's just swing receiver, like he plays both. Like you could have you could have four and four because he he's going to play in both of those rooms. Mm-hmm. That's the point I was getting at. I don't feel like I don't feel like uh, the personnel grouping is the issue there or anything like that. I'm I'm excited to see how he gets involved. I don't think he plays this week. Um, no, no, he don't know the offense. Yeah, if, um, they, do, if they do it, it just be like it, it'll definitely be a tip off then. Because yeah, they're just gonna literally like, hey, bro, running on. Uh, if Ritter sees you, he'll 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 try to get it. But no, I don't I don't think he plays this week. Hopefully, he can get in next week. Uh, but, and, and, and it's also cool because uh, with, with with him being because this is technically his second time in Atlanta. Um, I don't know if you know, but his dad played for us from uh, two thousand to two thousand and two. I remember his dad was a wide receiver. Yeah, uh, yeah so hey, let's go. Bring, bring it along back. Homecoming. Well, it's good. It's good to have him here. Uh, welcome, welcome to Atlanta. Can't wait to see you on the field. Uh, moving on to our to our next. Oh time. yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about you. We we, we got to get on your team, Bruh. Yeah, look, I I eat it. I eat it. You know what I'm saying? But like, as y'all know, if y'all listen for a while, uh, I'm Atlanta. Everything. 
you know what I'm saying? But my college team is is the Miami Hurricanes. And bro, a hurricane that <laughs> the fuck were you doing, bro? Like <laughs> what were you doing, man? Like, all right, all right. And this this gonna sound like an excuse. It's gonna sound like an excuse, but it wasn't a fumble, right? No, that was a fumble. It that wasn't, was. bro. It wasn't a fumble. If the dudes, the angle was off, bro. The angle was right. off. Because if you see dude's arm, dude's arm comes up like for the rip away when he is clearly on the ground, bro. Like it wasn't a it wasn't a fumble. So y'all botch that point, right? But to even get into that situation. What the hell are you doing running the ball? What the hell are you doing running the ball in that situation? Should have never been in a situation to begin with. Like, bro, you ran the ball. Like, you ran the ball on the previous play. Got the first down. No, you ran the ball on, on two plays before that. Got the first down. From there, it's kneel downs. You ran the ball again. For fuck's sake, for kicks and giggles. Then you run the ball and fumble. Like, what are you doing? Hiking the ball with like eight, nine seconds on the play clock. What are you doing, bro? It's just, oh, oh. He wouldn't have been able to get on the team playing. I promise you. I promise you. They were playing in Miami, too, is the crazy part. I'd have just been like, bro, find a way home. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that that was one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen, and I sat through Al Gold and Mark Rick at Miami. Like it, it was terrible. Yeah, I mean that, that was pretty bad because you sat through that. I said, but we move on. Uh, I think they're on a bye this week. They they need to they need to just just think that over and 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 pray about it. <laughs> but. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. All right. It's been your boy Q City. Your boy Taj Barato. All right. Y'all come back with us on Saturday, on Friday for the Ben Pie. And we out. Looking like I hit the lotto. I wanna hide it like Mulatto. I'm on hand, she on Moscato. I'm in them good till tomorrow. I'm a robber for the Neros. Yo, little logs, I'ma put you on payroll. You smell that aroma? Designer, yeah, it's a party, yeah. Papa Corona? She moving her body, she working them heels. Gotta go get him mentality. Grocery bag full of celery. On the believe had what she telling me. Keep a 20 on my case emergency. I wake up early every morning. Thank the Lord and get the bag. Hustle hard, get the cash. That first, then I'm showing my ass. Gotta go get him mentality. Grocery bag full of celery. On the believe had what she telling me. Keep a 20 on my case emergency. My babies, that's who I grind for. That's who I do it for. Like the Navy. That's who I'm toting that iron for. Keep one in the head like a thought, nigga. Yeah, I fuck with Ty, he a boss, nigga. Foot on that neck, I exhaust, nigga.
Yeah. Niggas cross me, so I cross niggas. Cross. Them scribble was lit last night. 500, what it cost, nigga. Shit was really legit last night. Had them hoes at the house, nigga. Instagram, Snapchat, Triller. What they say about Jay, he a go getter. Used to have them fat sacks in the grove, nigga. Late nights, early morning, my dough, nigga. You smell that aroma? Designer, it's a party, yeah. Papa Corona, she moving the body, she working them heels. Gotta go get him mentality. Gross a bag full of celery. Only believe half what she telling me. Keep a 20 